Thank you for listening to the Shanghai Community Fellowship Podcast. To find out more about the SCF community, listen to sermons, and upcoming events, visit us at shanghaifellowship.org. All right, well, welcome back to part two of our series, One Tree, One Family of God, a study of Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11. And if you haven't done so, uh, I would encourage you to take a look uh, from January 15, 2023. That was, that was the first uh, message in this series, and it's three parts, by the way. So there's a part two and a part three, and then that'll be it. But uh, they are going to be connected. So I, I think, so next week when we finish it up, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've been kind of holding on to some things. I'm not attempting to say everything each week, uh, but I will be wrapping things up uh, uh, on the January 29, 2023 uh, message uh, from this series, One Tree, One Family of God. So just to say, this is one of those times where I do a series where all three are connected to each other. Uh, they kind of, they can stand alone, but they are, but they are connected, especially as I kind of like I said, holding back a little bit because I know I'm going to say what I would have wanted to say today. I'm holding on to it to, to, to say as we wrap things up. All right, so so a little bit of a teaser uh, to get you to to get you to listen and watch the entire series. All right, so Romans 9, 10, and 11, right? Uh, they come here, and you if when you read these chapters, uh, and I read all three chapters, uh, obviously uh, it's about the Jewish people. Uh, this is not uh, this is not dealing with concerns about Cyprian Christians or Canadian Christians or Christians from Bangladesh. Uh, this is very very focused on Jewish Christians and the Jewish people uh, uh, who are not uh, Christ followers. Okay, and and the the influence they're bringing into the body of Christ, not only in the city of Rome, but what Paul is saying in these chapters. Uh, go beyond, go beyond the city of Rome, and and really are uh, are asking questions about who are the Jewish people as it relates to God who created them. They they weren't a people group until He made them a people group, and then He made all these promises to them, and now uh, Christ has come, Jesus has come as the Jewish Messiah, and. All these non-Jewish people are believing in the Jewish Messiah, but these new people coming into this kingdom, into this expression of God's will uh, and final revelation through the person of Jesus, they themselves are not becoming Jewish. Uh, I, I don't know if you're listening today. I don't know. You may be a Jewish person. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing most of us listening right now are not Jewish. So when you became a Christian, you did not become uh, a Jewish person, right? Uh, ethnically or uh, religiously, you know, you didn't get a, a, a card, that membership card that said, oh, you're not, since you're following the Jewish Messiah, uh, uh, that of course this means now you're Jewish, right? So, uh, and, and you say, well, I don't remember ever struggling over that. But in the first century, uh, they were struggling over that because remember in the first century, the majority of Christians, um, coming out of the death and resurrection of Jesus are Jewish. But what's happening over the decades, uh, uh, and it, it doesn't take 30 or 40 years before it becomes clear that 
that a flood of Gentile, non-Jewish people are coming into the body of Christ and receiving the Jewish Messiah. And as that is happening, fewer and fewer Jewish people are receiving uh, their own Messiah, in part because no Jewish person is going to feel comfortable uh, joining anything where the majority of people there are not Jewish. Uh, and it just creates and or adds to the tension that's happening uh, in the local church, especially in the city of Rome. Uh, you know, uh, in, in addition to that, um, you know, there's the whole question of, yeah, but didn't God make a lot of promises to the this people group that the Jewish people that the people he created and and um, and now that they're clearly you know not receiving him I mean some are but 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 that's a small percentage uh, and others are, are receiving him maybe it just means that God is moving on you know he said you know well okay I I brought my final revelation in Jesus the Jewish Messiah he came in his life, his death and resurrection and ascension to the Father, God has kind of laid out where he's at on the earth today in the kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God. You know, and if you're not in that, then he's just moved on without you. And is this what he's done with the Jewish people? And of course, the answer is clearly a no. All right. You read Romans 9, 10, 11. It's clearly a no. Um, God has not moved on. God has not moved away from the Jewish people. Of course, the next question would be, well, then, then what's going on? What, you know, if they're not receiving Jesus as the Messiah, you know, what, what's going on, right? Um, there's clearly a tension at, at a couple different levels. One, the tension has to do with if, if, if they're not receiving their own Messiah and God is not rejecting them or moving on without them, what is going on? And we're really going to address that more directly next week on January 29th, if you're looking at this series later. Uh, in part number three, the last in the, seri in the series, we're really going to head take on that question uh, directly. So what is going on? But you also have a another tension that's being created, uh, that has been created, because the Jewish Christians, um, those who have received the Messiah, are 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 remaining Jewish, right? I mean, not only ethnically Jewish, but they're continuing to keep uh, the cultural uh, and biblical practices that were given to them in, in the Old Testament, but particularly the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And they continue to keep the laws that are there uh, and kosher meals and, and pray the Shema uh, every morning. So uh, Sabbath and the rest of it. And, 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 and they're asking, well, you know, if the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, who we believe in, uh, also kept these laws, shouldn't everyone now in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, shouldn't they keep the same laws and practice the same cultural distinctions that, that he practiced? And it, it wasn't just a rhetorical question. The answer to them, the, our Jewish Christian friends would have been, especially in Rome, would have been, yes, they, they are supposed to keep those laws. And why aren't they? Of course, uh, the Gentile Christians coming in are saying, uh, no, uh, nope, uh, we, we're, not, we're not obligated to do that. Uh, and and, and I, we're not. And I don't think we are. And, 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 and in fact, we're not going to. 
And Paul, in these chapters, and we're really focusing on chapter 10 today, is saying that our non-Jewish friends who have become followers of Jesus have come into a right-standing relationship with God, a healthy, life-giving, right-standing relationship with God, the one that you have and the one that I have, uh, by faith. That, that relationship that we're describing with God, this right-standing, healthy, vibrant, life-giving relationship with God is a relationship that we enter into by faith, which leads us to faith. And Paul's arguing that not only is that true for our new Gentile, non-Jewish uh, Christian friends here, but that's always been the case with God. God, is, God has always sought a relationship with us, with humanity, individual by individual, based on faith. It's always been a righteousness by faith. It's always been, hey, how do you have a right standing, healthy, life-giving relationship with God? For any of us, in any era, in any generation, Gentile, whatever your ethnicity, it's always the same because God never changes. It's always from faith, uh, to faith. That was always the starting point. It always started there. Um, and of course, where we begin makes a big difference. Where we start the relationship is going to make a huge difference. It's like a, it's like shooting an arrow, right? Um, when that arrow leaves the bow, even if it's just slightly off from the target, the, the gap of space from the archer to the target, by the time that arrow uh, it reaches the target. If it's off at the beginning, by the time it gets to the target, it's way off. The error or the offness of that arrow just increases over time. Where we start really does make a difference. And we start with a righteousness by faith because that flows out of the character and person of God. And of course, he never changes. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're, it's, it's, it's like theater, okay? Imagine we're in a theater and the curtain is going to raise and on stage we see Paul. Now Paul is off to the left uh, behind a curtain because Paul is actually writing a letter. He's not physically present. Paul's voice is going to come from the letter that he's written, our Romans 19 and 11. Uh, you also have on stage the recently returned Jewish Christians who've just come back to Rome. They'd been uh, exiled, uh, but now they're back. And you have a group of new Christians on, on stage as well who don't know anything about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, they don't know a kosher meal from a non-kosher meal. They don't know who King David is, uh, but they do know who Caesar Augustus is. And this is where we'll begin. Chapter 9, verse 30. What then shall we say? Question that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith, but that the people of Israel who pursued the law on the way of righteousness, as the way of righteousness, have not attained their goal? Why not? Why, why didn't it happen? Why, if, if, they, if they pursued a right relationship, a right standing with God, if they pursued a healthy, life-giving relationship with God by following his laws, but then didn't get it, why didn't they get it? 
And if they were saying that people who didn't even know those laws or that they even existed, they have obtained a, a relationship with God, a right standing, healthy, life-giving relationship with God. How did that happen? Um, he answers the question, verse 32, because they pursued it not by faith, but as it, if it were by works. And they stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, see I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him and Jesus will never be put to shame. Are, are we saying then that these new Christians who barely know anything about Torah or the law of God, uh, who are not circumcised and have never eaten a kosher meal, are now themselves in a right standing relationship with God? And that the people of Israel who knew all about these things and really worked and worked very hard to keep all of those laws uh, are not uh, in a right standing relationship with God? Yes, that's what we're saying. And then again, the question is, but, but, but why not? Um, again, to repeat, to be in a right standing relationship with God, a healthy life giving relationship with him always begins with faith and trust. It comes from faith and leads to faith. The people of Israel, what they had done, they would take in God's laws the rules that came from God, which directed their everyday life, how they were to relate to each other, and, and specifically how they were to relate to God. They, they took that, which was a gift to them from the Father, and they used those guidelines, directions, rules, commandments, that, that, that rule of law that governed their culture and the way they related to each other and to Him, and they used that as, a, as the starting point for how to have a right relationship with God, one that is healthy and life-giving. However, and this was their mistake, the law of God that expresses how the kingdom culture is shaped was to come after faith and not before faith. You know, now that from faith we are in right standing with him, because we love him, we desire to please him, tell us how we can please the heart of the Father. And that really, in many ways, is actually the definition of love. It begins with love and it begins with faith. That's the starting point that leads us to faith. And now in love with Abba Father, I wanna please him. And pleasing him and doing what he commands and following his direction and laws for my life. I do not to create a right standing relationship, one that is healthy and life-giving, but one that flows out of this relationship of love that is based on faith and trust in him, which leads me to more faith and more trust. Uh, that's how it works. And it's always been like that. It's, that's, it, it doesn't come from the strength of our will. It doesn't come from our resolve. It doesn't come because some of us are more disciplined than others. And some of us are better rule keepers than others. It's, it's, it doesn't start there at all. It starts with faith and trust in him with our lives, which leads to more faith and more trust and greater love. Jesus becomes the object of our faith. But for some, he's a stumbling block. For some, he's... A, He's a stumbling block. And if, if, you, don't, if you don't realize that, uh, think about 
what it means to confess Jesus as God. When we say, when we make the Christian confession, Jesus is Lord, what we're saying is that Jesus is God. Jesus is the divine one. He's the divine being. He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God of Gods. That's who Jesus is. That's not a, that's not a simple, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not simplistic. And ask someone who's not a Christian to confess that and see where that gets you. Uh, it, it's, it's a serious thing. And, um, um, but it's the foundation of our faith and trust in him. Uh, the non-Jewish Christians of Rome, in fact, all over the first century and the last 2,000 years, go straight for this. They skip the laws. They don't know anything about the laws. They don't know anything. They just start with faith and they move into faith. The religious Jewish community uh, would strive to find the freedom of this kind of relationship by keeping all those laws first. It's kind of like maybe, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, meeting somebody who's never owned a VCR, never owned a DVD player, they just went straight to digital, right? But if you owned a VCR or if you owned a DVD player, you know, and you know that that's the progression, you know, and you're still listening to good music on your eight track tape player, and you're thinking, you know, everybody should do this. Look at these new, look at these new, look at these kids coming in with their digital music, right? And, you know, back in the day, you know, we used eight track tape and boy, we got some good music out of that. And I still listen to that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you know, it'd be, that, that may not be the best metaphor, but what I'm saying is that, that there was the burden of, we were there back in the day and, and new people are coming in and they're, they didn't have to go through all those things. It went right, right, to, <laughs> right to digital. You know, although right now I've been told my younger daughter is telling me that vinyl is the thing. You know, we got to listen to vinyl, you know, so uh, we're kind of going full circle. You mean a record? She goes, yeah, a re uh, is, I guess, is that what it's called? I said, yeah, we called them records back in the day. And now, now they're vinyls. All right. All right. So that's what we're looking for. To say uh, that what we're looking for is a healthy, a healthy life-giving, right-standing kind of relationship. Um, and that this can only be found by faith in the person and trust in the person of Jesus Christ. We're either trusting in Jesus, the object of our faith, or we are stumbling over him. And people, and people still do. You know, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like getting invited to a, a party, right? And you say, uh, can I bring anything? And the host of the party says, no, no, we're good. No, we, we're, we're fine. You don't need to bring anything. Um, uh, you say, you, you press. Well, how about a dessert? Can I bring a dessert? And, and the host says, no, we're good. Nope, we're, we're all good. We got it. We got that. We got dessert. Nope, you don't need to bring dessert. You're not done. How about some wine? Could I, could I, could, could I bring a bottle of wine? And the host says, no, we've got plenty. For some people, that's just too hard to take. Surely there must be something that I can bring. Surely must there be something that I can do. And when the answer is nope, it's all been done. There's nothing you need to do. That is just for some, just too hard to take. What do you mean there isn't anything that I can do? You know, it, it has been said many times, actually, that most religions are teaching us what we must do or what must be done in order to gain from God whatever it is we're, we're trying to gain from Him. 
that Christianity is the only faith, only religion that is saying it's all been done. There isn't anything you need to do. There isn't really anything that you can do. It's all been done and it's been done for you. Uh, Romans 10.4, Paul says it really well. He just said, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. It's really as simple and as complete as that. Uh, we still do this today. Uh, uh, we may not be living according to some uh, law book or the first five books of the, of the Old Testament, but we're out there striving to have our own right relationship with God on our own terms, um, by keeping uh, our own, uh, keeping to ourselves and, and the religion that we create for ourselves. We might take a little bit of Christianity, something we've seen there. We grew up in a church maybe, we have some Christianity in our background, and there's some things that we heard there that sound right to us, but you know, we've got some Muslim friends and, and they're telling us about Islam, and you know, I think a little, I'll take a little bit of that. I think I like that. And we've got, a, we've got a dinner plate and we'll put a little Christianity on it, and we add a little bit of Islam on it, and you know, there's something uh, grandma and grandpa taught us when we were kids, and, that always seemed to sound right to me, so I put that on my plate. And we've got this little bit of a, a faith plate, this religion plate, uh, this philosophy of life plate that's unique to us. And then we offer and say, okay, God, feel free to get on my plate if, if you want to, but you're gonna have to get on my plate uh, because that's how it's gonna work. Uh, we're still doing this. We're still, we're still trying to do something when there's nothing that can be done because it is all been done for us, complete in Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul goes on, Romans 10. Now, uh, Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does the, these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. Now, I'm going to give you a warning. This is kind of a complicated passage, and we're going to, kind of, we're going to explain it. So just hold on. Uh, but, but it is a complicated passage. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, between Jewish people and non-Jewish people, people who had the law given to them and those who didn't. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. See that? The same Lord is the Lord of all, and he richly blesses those who call on him, everyone who calls on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a quote from Joel chapter uh, three, uh, I think Joel chapter three or two. And, um, and there's a lot of quoting going on in this passage from the Old Testament. So here, let me, let me unpack this, okay? This comes from, actually this comes from several sources. So um, Scott McKnight, um, Matthew Bates, James Dunn, uh, you know, it's, in other words, this isn't original with me, uh, but, but you can find this in different places. It's like, there's a, it's like a dialogue. So read these verses 
as if they were a dialogue between three people. All right, so the first person is called pushy, pushy, P-U-S-H-Y, you know, pushy, pushy. Uh, the second person is called Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul. And the third person is called righteousness by faith. All right, uh, that's, the, that's the voice of the third person. And here's, so let's, let's restate that, that, those verses as if they were a dialogue, okay? So Pushy says, who's going to ascend to heaven? Hey, who's going to go up to heaven, you know, in that heavenly realm and get God's holy law and bring it down to us so that we can follow it and be and, and have a healthy, vibrant, life-giving relationship with God? Paul interrupts and says, wait, 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 wait. It, this is not about going up into heavenly places to get, to get, to get a law or the law, uh, Torah, the first five books of the Bible, so that we can do all that. He said, this, guys, guys, this is about Christ's descent to the earth. This is about the incarnation. This is about God coming to the earth and taking on humanity. That's what this is about. But pushy is pushy. Uh, they, don't, they don't give up. So Pushy says and answers back, okay, well then who's going to descend into the abyss? In other words, if we don't go up uh, for God's laws so that we can be in a healthy, vibrant, life-giving relationship with him, then who's going to go down to get those same set of laws so that we can be in a healthy, vibrant, life-giving relationship with him? And Paul, again, interrupts and says, guys, it's, it's, it's not, can, can you just get that out of your head? Uh, this is, not a, this is not about going up or going down uh, to get this law that you're talking about. This is about Jesus. This is about Christ. And it's about not only his incarnation, <coughs> Christ being with us, God with us, but it's also about his resurrection. And then righteousness by faith says, you know what? You guys are absolutely right uh, about this. You need to be careful about the things that you're speaking the things that you confess, the things that come out of your mouth, out of your mouth. Uh, you should be careful and mindful, <coughs> Romans 10, 6, about the things that come out of your mouth because they're significant. There's a real significance to the things that we confess. Not only the things that come out of our mouth, but really the, 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 the thoughts that, that, that we formulate into words, whether those words ever leave our lips or they're the words that rattle around in our head, all right? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we need to be paying attention to our self-talk, the things that we say to ourselves. We need to be paying attention to that because, because that confession is going to make a big, big difference in our lives. Um, Paul interrupts righteousness by faith and says, righteousness by faith, you're absolutely right. The things that we think, the things that we formulate into words and then come out of our mouth, we absolutely need to be paying attention to that because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hey, we need to be paying attention to the things coming out of our mouth because some of the things that come out of our mouth are going to lead to our salvation or can do that for us. And that's how serious we need to take this, all right? To, to talk of the heart here is to talk of faith, faith that is operating from the level of the heart. For the, for the biblical writer and from the biblical point of view, our heart is, is the seat of our intellect, it's the seat of our emotions, and it's the seat of our desires and our choices. So out of our, when it says out of our heart, 
we're really coming from a place of essentially who we are. When we confess out of our mouth, from our heart, from our heart, from the abundance of Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so when what comes out of our heart, what comes out of our person, the complete person that we are, our intellect, our emotions, and our desires, is the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is life in these words. There is life in this confession. That's how we became a Christian. It's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that we need to guard our heart because out of our heart, uh, we, uh, we know who we are, are is, is, is our whole life. There's life in the heart and there's life in the confession of the heart. When we confess Jesus Christ is Lord, then we are confessing and that he was crucified, raised from the grave and lives forevermore. We are confessing life. From the heart to the mouth, there is results and the results when we confess Jesus Christ, is life, is life itself. To talk of the mouth is to talk of confession. Confession is this primary and essential outward manifestation that corresponds with what's going on in our heart, and our heart captures our intellect and our emotions and our thoughts and our words. All of these come together from the heart to the mouth. We see results, and when we confess Jesus from our heart, there is life. And faith is divine by what it is that we are confessing. We are confessing that we are confessing his death on the cross. We are confessing his resurrection and ascension to the Father. We are confessing that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God. Now listen, you don't work your way up to this, okay? And you don't work your way into this. This comes to us as a work of the Spirit of God. Jesus said that no one can come to the Father unless they are drawn to the Father and to Christ by the Holy Spirit. I didn't work myself into salvation. I didn't work myself into conviction. I didn't, by my own strength, work myself uh, into confession. It was a response to what was being revealed to me by the Spirit of God, you too, and you in your heart believed with your whole self, you confessed it and it brought life to you. This is the starting point. This is how we begin a life-giving relationship with God and be in right standing with him. And then, and only then, do we look around and say, now how do I please him? How do I, what do I do? Father God, tell me how to live my life in a way, direct me to live my life in a way as I relate to others and as I relate to you uh, that pleases you. That's the right order. That's the right order. And that was the order that they got messed up. That was the order that got, got, got messed up. They made pleasing God by his law their starting point. And they made pleasing God by his law the source of life. But it's not the source of life. The source of life came through the confession and then the law follows. They got the order mixed up and they missed out on the life that came in Jesus' name. And this is what needs to change. This is what needs to change for each of us. Now I wanna, as I wrap this up today, I wanna just follow the, the, the way the Holy Spirit 
led Paul to write these things, okay? So he, he's talking to them about, about our, our, our Jewish Christian friends who are struggling with why are our non-Jewish, yeah, we all go to the same church, but we notice that the non-Jewish members of our church, they're not keeping the laws of Christ, uh, the law of God, the, the way we are, and how come they're not? And, and uh, especially some of the ceremonial type laws, why aren't they doing that? Uh, but, but for the Jewish people who are not followers of Jesus, what about them? They keep trying to find life uh, through keeping this law and it's just not working for them. What about them? Well, as this is being revealed here in Romans chapter 10, the Holy Spirit leads Paul uh, to say this. He said, listen, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That confession is the heart of what it means to be in a life-giving right relationship with God. All right. I mean, he's really, he's really hammered that. He's really pounded. He, he delivered that uh, in, in Romans, uh, end of Romans 9 and Romans 10. We just looked at that. But it leads him to say by the Holy Spirit that in fact, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord actually can be saved, can, <coughs> can make this confession, can have this kind of faith, because this kind of faith arises from those who hear about Jesus. That's the connection. We hear about Jesus and faith arises. And when faith begins to arise, we call upon the one whose name we have heard. Paul would say it this way, actually. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? <coughs> how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring Good news. Faith from the heart and confess with the mouth. How does God spark this? How does he initiate this? How does the spirit initiate this? God's people, when they are sent to proclaim uh, this message, when they are sent to proclaim the word of God, uh, <coughs> faith, in his, faith in his word, arises when they are sent to proclaim Jesus others come in excuse me <coughs> this relationship with Jesus Christ it's <coughs> it's why we go into all the world it's why we go where people have never heard about Jesus uh, they need to hear about him his true identity his life his work his death <coughs> and his resurrection, because when they hear this word and they hear this name and they hear of Jesus, faith arises from them and it leads to faith in his name and trust as well. It's why we go into all the world and to all the places that they have never heard about Jesus. Missions, we call this missions actually, this is what it's called. And missions has often been misunderstood. Uh, it's seen as intrusive. It's seen as, why don't we leave those people alone? 
Uh, who are we to go and tell them about Jesus and upset their lives? It's because Jesus is greater than culture. Jesus is bigger than culture. Uh, uh, unique human cultures are great. They add diversity, but they are not everything. And they are not the end of all things. Jesus is actually bigger than culture. This news about him, this good news about him is bigger than culture. And it does not limit, but actually brings us in to freedom. God said through the prophet Joel, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Uh, such a calling comes from faith, faith from hearing and hearing from preaching. The preaching comes from those who have been sent in his name. We make this appeal as an expression of our faith. You don't get up and proclaim that Jesus is Lord without some faith behind it. You don't get up and, and proclaim the word of Christ to those who have never heard about Jesus if you don't believe what it is you're declaring and proclaiming, preaching the good news that Jesus Christ is indeed God. Uh, I am not only believing in the message, we come as one who not only believes in the message, but as one who also believes and trusts in the author of that message. Hearing, the hearing that goes on, is not just a registration. It's not just, a, oh, I heard you, yes, yeah, I got that. Your words registered on the tablet of my brain, got it down. It is a hearing that takes us beyond that, which leads to conviction of our sin, and to an understanding and a receiving for faith to arise, a life-changing arising, awakening of faith to believe unto faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's why we go. People are sent. People are sent so that they might proclaim and that those who hear the proclamation that Jesus Christ is Lord, died on a cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, risen again on the third day, ascended to the Father. Hearing this news, faith arises. We are called to go. We are sent to go. And there are many, many people in the world today who have yet to hear the name of Jesus, who have yet to hear the name of Jesus. We're putting up a picture uh, on the screen right now. And this is, this, is, this is a real person from a part of the world uh, that has not heard of the name and the person of Jesus. And he represents the literally millions of people in the world today who have never heard this name. And how can they believe on him if they have not heard of him? And how can they hear from of him if someone has not gone to proclaim and tell of him? And how can they go if they have not been sent? Friends, there is still a call on us as the people of God to go where people have not heard the name of Jesus. Who will go? Whom shall I send? Perhaps now today, as we wrap this message up for today, that God is touching your heart to in some way be a part of the name of Jesus being proclaimed in the parts of the world where they have never heard of him. Perhaps you will go and be the one who proclaims. Perhaps you're the one who will send. 
There are many, many ways to be involved in proclaiming the name of Jesus in the parts of the world where they have never heard of him. Will you go? Will you be sent? Will you be willing to sin? Will you and I reconnect with this mission, the mission of God to go so that all may hear and that all may believe? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that right now this is happening. Right now there are people going. Right now there are people who are being sent. And Father, remind us, those who are listening right now today, that remind us that we must be a part of this. Remind us of this. Maybe we forgot. Maybe we've been busy. And, you know, I mean, and understandably, many of us have just lived through a pandemic. Um, Call us back to your mission that everyone hear the name of Jesus so that faith might arise in them and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved to the glory of God the Father here and in all the nations of the earth. We pray in his name. Amen.